Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean O' Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because, as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. I've had several people contact me for my opinion about being told they need to deliver early. So today we're going to discuss reasons you might need to get your baby out. Yes, as an OBGYN, I want everyone to deliver naturally without the need for an induction or a C-section. But there are times when you need to get your baby out early. It can be extremely dangerous to refuse an induction or a C-section when there really is an indication. Likewise, you don't necessarily want to be induced before it's time because that would increase your risk of needing a C-section due to a failed induction of labor. So here are some reasons that you might need a scheduled induction and shouldn't be concerned if your OBGYN recommends one. If you've had a previous C-section, then that means you need a repeat scheduled C-section a week early. So that would be at 39 weeks since full term is 40 weeks. If you desire a VBAC, most OBGYNs will allow you to go into labor naturally, even if it means you're going a little bit over the 39th week. If you reach your due date, most OBGYNs will recommend proceeding with a repeat C-section. If you have a previous classical C-section, meaning a vertical or up and down incision on your uterus, not the skin, because people are like, oh, I had a bikini cut. No, I'm not talking about on the skin. I'm talking about on the inside, on your uterus, the one you can't see. Most OBGYNs will have told you you have a classical incision because we know it's a higher risk. So if they haven't told you that, then you probably don't have one. But if you have a classical C-section, then you would need a repeat C-section at 37 weeks. You would not be allowed to have a trial labor after C-section in this situation because the risk of uterine rupture would be extremely high, approaching 10%. So um, I know we talked about this before, so go listen to the previous uh, episode on VVAC versus repeat C-section for more details on that. If you have a hypertensive disorder of pregnancy, so like gestational gestational, uh, hypertension, chronic hypertension, meaning you had high blood pressure before the pregnancy, or if you had a diagnosis of preeclampsia during the pregnancy, that means that you will need to be delivered at 37 to 39 weeks, depending on how well controlled you are and when you are diagnosed. Preeclampsia without severe features means you will need to be delivered at 37 weeks at the very latest. If you have severe features, meaning you have high blood pressure that's over 160 systolic, the top number, or over 110 diastolic, which is the bottom number, or your labs are abnormal, or you have symptoms of a headache, blurry vision, or pain over your liver, then the latest you will need to be delivered is 34 weeks after receiving steroids for fetal lung maturity. If your blood pressure or labs, kidney function are uncontrolled, you may need to be delivered without getting steroids, and that may mean you need a C-section. 
If you're stable, you could be delivered through induction of labor or delivered vaginally, but that's only if you're stable. If you have preeclampsia and somebody says you need to be delivered, please do not refuse delivery, okay? It means that something else is going on. Um, that is one of the number one causes of black and brown women dying. So we do not want to say, I don't want a baby in the NICU. It is best to keep the mom and the baby safe. So you do not need to refuse delivery. If you have diabetes, so if you're a diabetic, whether you have gestational diabetes, meaning just in the pregnancy, diagnosed at 28 weeks, or you have pre-existing diabetes before pregnancy, you will need to be delivered at 37 to 39 weeks. If you have complications of pre-existing diabetes, such as you had a diabetic coma, or you have diabetic ketoacidosis, meaning you've been in and out of the ICU, that could mean you need to be delivered even before the 37th week. If you have an autoimmune disorder, so most people with well-controlled autoimmune disorder like lupus, thyroid disease, would need to be delivered at 39 weeks, okay? That's still full term. Actually, 39-week babies actually do better than 40-week babies. If you are poorly controlled, though, then that may mean you need to be delivered right at term, which is 37 weeks, or even sooner, depending on how uncontrolled you are. So if you have thyroid disease and you go into thyroid storm, meaning you have respiratory distress, um, uh, altered consciousness, severe uh, blood pressure, um, that could put you at risk for, you know, a lot of bad things like a stroke. Then that means we may, may need to treat your thyroid storm and then get you delivered. If you have respiratory diseases like asthma, COPD, or even COVID-19, depending on your symptoms and the degree of respiratory compromise, you will need to be delivered at 37 to 39 weeks. Patients with COVID-19 who are now better. So if you had COVID-19 in the past and you're completely asymptomatic now, you still need to be delivered at 39 weeks even if it were weeks or months before your due date, okay? And that's because we just don't know what this thing does. If you are admitted to the ICU or have continued respiratory compromise, then delivery will be indicated even sooner. And if you get diagnosed with COVID-19 closer to term, meaning close to 37 weeks or 35, 36 weeks, then you will need delivery likely at the time before your symptoms worsen, since the likelihood that you will fully recover before the 39th week would be lower, if you have a history of cardiac disease, so cardiomyopathy, a previous myocardial infarct or a heart attack, um, a congenital heart defect like Tetralogy of Fallot that was repaired, then you will require delivery at 37 weeks. And you could require that sooner if you're symptomatic or if there are signs of worsening cardiac function um, on your repeat echo. And so people with cardiac disease, what I usually do is at the beginning of pregnancy, I'm going to get an echo to look at your heart function. And every MFM does this a little bit different, but this is me. I'm going to get an echo at the beginning of pregnancy, and then I'm going to get one at the beginning of the third trimester because I want to see what this increase of blood volume is doing to your heart, okay? And if I'm seeing, hey, your heart function is decreasing, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting you delivered by 37 weeks. Period. And if you have signs of pulmonary hypertension, then you're going to deliver before 37 weeks. Okay, we're going to meet as a multidisciplinary team. I'm going to talk to my cardiologist. I'm going to talk to my anesthesiologist. And we're going to talk about when is the optimal time to get this baby out before your heart function worsens and we get you, the mom, into trouble. Okay. If you had a transplant, so if you had a heart transplant, a kidney transplant, then you will likely require delivery at 37 weeks or sooner. You're not going to go past 37 weeks. Okay. 
The last patient I had with a kidney transplant that went to 37 weeks, I don't even remember. Okay, Most people that have a history of a kidney transplant, the creatinine starts to go up some, and so we, we get out before that happens. Okay, So usually somewhere that 34, 36-week mark is going to be the sweet spot. If you happen to be someone that has a completely normal creatinine, then yes, you can make it further. Um, but most of the time, if that creatinine starts to creep up on us, we're going to get you out and deliver you no later than the 37th week. Kidney issues other than a transplant. So if you already have nephropathy, okay, with elevated creatinine, um, even if you don't have a transplant, if you've been on dialysis, then we're going to need to get you out sooner than 37 weeks, okay? We do not want these kidneys to get you into trouble. So the whole steel magnolias was like, you know, Shelby was a diabetic and she had nephropathy. That's a real thing. She didn't die in childbirth, but she ended up having end-stage renal failure within five years of delivery. And that is because she had underlying renal disease. And so it's our job as MFMs to make sure we optimize your health before we ding your kidneys so bad that you're going to have end-stage renal disease five years from there. Okay, so We have to think long-term when we're talking about delivery planning. If you have twins, so depending on the type of twin and what's going on with you, you would need to be delivered somewhere between 34 and 38 weeks. If you have dichorionic twins, meaning two babies in uh, two different sacs at the same time, two different placentas, that's the best type of twin because it's like having two different pregnancies at the same time. You can deliver all the way at 38 weeks as long as you have no other complications. If you have... Um, if you have uh, Momo twins, meaning they're in the same sack sharing a placenta, that's very rare, then we're, we're usually putting you in the hospital at 24 weeks, actually, and monitoring you almost continuously and trying to get you to 32 weeks and delivering you, right? Because you have a much higher risk of cord entanglement and losing both babies. If you have monodye twins and both babies are well-grown, then we get you to 36 to 37 weeks. If you have monodot twins and, and one baby is small or both babies are small, then we're delivering you somewhere between 34 and 36 weeks. So it depends on everything going on. If you have triplets, you would need to deliver about 35 weeks usually. And it really depends on triplets. Um, I've gotten several sets of triplets to the 35th week, but most triplets are going to deliver before that because you have extremely high risk of preterm delivery. The more babies you have inside of your uterus, the more likely you are to go into preterm delivery just because your uterus is expanding. And so your uterus is expanding at a much more rapid rate, so it's trying to contract back down. And so you're more likely to have preterm contractions and your water breaking. So, But triplets in itself. A lot of people are like, why are you telling me I have to deliver 34, 35 weeks? Well, I'm telling you that, but the likelihood is you might not make it there. Um, same thing with quads. So if you make it to the third trimester, you would deliver no later than 32 to 34 weeks with quads, although the average gestational age for quads to deliver is actually 29 weeks. Okay, so that's why when you have somebody that has quads or four or more babies, okay, then most OBGYNs and MFMs will talk to you about selective reduction. And every time I open my mouth when I have a set of quads and talk to them about selective reduction, people get angry, right? They're like, oh my God, Dr. Plenty is trying to kill my babies. No, I'm not. I'm not. But medical legally, if an MFM sees quads, we don't have to do this with really triplets, but quads, we have to. If we don't talk to you about selective reduction, it is medical legally not right. Okay, we have got it's a wrongful birth suit. 
Why? Because we know that the likelihood of you delivering quads before the 24th week and losing all four of them is extremely high, right? And so with selectively reducing to twins, we know that the likelihood of you making it past the 32nd week is really high. So that's why if you ever have an MFM talk to you about selective reduction, do not shoot the messenger. They are not trying to make you abort, okay? But medical legally, we have to offer you that because if you have four or five, six babies, we want to give you the option because we know that it's harder for you to carry four or five, six babies to a place where all of them will be neurologically intact, meaning past the 28th week. Okay, before the 28th week, we got a lot of problems that can happen. And if you refuse, that's fine. We'll do everything in our power to keep you pregnant. That may mean you're in the hospital for a while. That may mean you're on bed rest. That may mean we're doing a lot of creative things that are not by the book. Okay, but we have to offer you that. Okay, now that I've given you a slew of reasons that you may need to deliver early, let's go to cases to see how we can help some people out. Our first case is a 28-year-old who is 31 weeks pregnant with twins. She stated that her twins are monodie twins. One of her twins is very small. The other is normal size. She was told by another MFM physician that delivery is recommended in the next 48 hours because of the small twin, but she doesn't want to be delivered. She fears that her twins will spend too much time in the NICU and would rather stay pregnant for their benefit. She presents for a second opinion. Okay, so um, monodi twins uh, with one very small. To me, if that one is very small, that probably means that that one very small one has abnormal Dopplers. And when I say Dopplers, I mean the blood flow from the placenta to the baby. And if you ever have blood flow going from the placenta to the baby, um, that's absent, meaning there's intermittent areas that there's no flow, or there is blood moving from the baby back toward the placenta. That's called reversal flow then that's dangerous. Reversal of flow, depending on what else is going on with another shunt through the liver called the ductus venosus, if that ductus venosus shunt is absent, that tells us, hey, we got about you know 72 hours before the baby dies, okay? If it's not with reversal of flow, we usually have about a week, okay? Maybe two, depending on if it's persistent or intermittent. But usually if an MFM tells you that you need to be delivered in 48 hours, and you're already 31 weeks, you need to be delivered, okay? If you have a small baby with absent flow, one, once you get the 32 weeks, if you have any abnormality in the Dopplers, that's intermittent absent or absent, meaning the blood flow from the placenta to the baby is abnormal, then th that's it, we're gonna deliver you, okay? Because if you end up losing one twin, and you end up having what's called twin-to-twin -twin transfusion syndrome, which I don't know if you have based on what you wrote, but if you do, then that means that there's blood that's shared. There, there are vessels in the placenta that are shared between uh, the cords of both of those babies, okay? That means that if that small baby ends up dying, that big baby will try to shunt blood to the small baby to save that baby, okay? which could mean that that surviving baby is going to all of a sudden become hypovolemic and will have a hypovolemic stroke, okay? Um, because it's trying to rescue a baby, but it's not going to rescue the baby because the baby has already passed away. 
And so then you have one baby that's passed away, and then there's a 26% risk of a, a severe neurological deficit in the remaining baby. So it is extremely serious to not have that happen. So if they're giving you steroids and then telling you need to be delivered because of the blood flow in this baby, then that's what you need to do. And so what I would do is if you want a quick second opinion, get a quick ultrasound and make sure that those Dopplers are absent, at least absent. You're looking for the word absent flow, okay? And if they are, at 31 weeks, this is a very good gestational age in terms of survivability and neurologically intact survivability is really good, okay? Meaning little Timmy will walk and talk and go to school with the other kids, okay? We're talking about over 85% chance of that happening. But if you have one baby that passes away and the other baby has a neurological injury, we can't say the same thing. The case pearl is fetal growth restriction with abnormal Dopplers requires delivery before there's a bad outcome. Keywords, abnormal Dopplers. So make sure that that is the reason that they're delivering you. All right, what's the next case? Our second case is a 46-year-old who is 35 weeks pregnant with her fifth child. She had all of her babies vaginally between 38 and 40 weeks. She has gestational diabetes with this pregnancy, but it has been well-controlled for the past few weeks on insulin. She is upset that her OBGYN wants to induce her at 37 weeks and wants to know why. Okay, well, you have a couple reasons, okay? So, one... At um, So even if you were super well-controlled, over age 40, I would probably lean towards inducing you at 37 weeks because you have a comorbidity, okay? So over age 40, once you get to the 39th week, you have an increased risk of stillbirth, okay? Usually it goes up. Um, at age 40, your risk is about 7%, and it just goes up and up and up after that age. And so some, some would argue with any comorbidity over age 40, they would in, induce you before the 39th week anyway. Okay. But you have gestational diabetes and, you know, and you are also, you know, 46 and no, not to 30, uh, 46, but, um, you know, that is not, that is a really high age to scratch that. No, not to 46, but that's extremely high risk of having a stillbirth after the 38th week. And so I would agree with your OBGYN. If she wants to wait another week, since you are very well controlled, um, then she can. But you're insulin dependent. And if you've only been well controlled for the past few weeks and you weren't controlled before that, then you need to be delivered at 37 weeks. So I wish when you wrote in, you would have sent me a copy of your blood sugar logs <laughs> so that I can know exactly what you mean by control. Because control for the past few weeks does not, to me, mean controlled, okay? You have to be super-duper well-controlled, meaning they haven't had to change your insulin since 28 weeks, okay? But the fact that you're on insulin at all, to me, means that, hey, you're not as controlled as you should be. So over age 40, plus you're insulin-dependent diabetic, and you've only been controlled for a couple of weeks, to me means get you to full term, get out, right? I am not a gambler. I am not a gambler. You can be the healthiest, fittest 46-year-old woman, but the numbers don't lie. If your finger sticks were uncontrolled a couple of weeks ago, 
your age is over age 40. We know that you have an increased risk of stillbirth over age 40. And we know you have an increased risk of stillbirth if your finger sticks were uncontrolled anytime in the third trimester. Why gamble? And 37-week babies do well. That's full term. So I don't understand why you're upset. I delivered my child at 37 and 1. He came out, looked at me, screamed, and they evaluated him in the NICU for two hours. And I looked up and I was like, he back already? Baby's going to do fine at 37 weeks. Plus, if you're worried about having a C-section, you've already successfully had all four of your babies vaginally. Your pelvis is proven. There's no no reason that you should think you're going to fail and have to have a C-section. So I'm not really sure why you're upset. This is actually a very good scenario and a very good recommendation. And so I would agree, especially if you've only been well-controlled for the past couple of weeks. So we're going to be praying for you, but I think that this is a good plan. Case Pearl, advanced maternal age over age 40 has a high risk of stillbirth. Age complicated by other risk factors can increase your risk even further. Therefore, it is reasonable to be delivered at term. All right, medical intern, let's go to the email cases or email questions. This one says, Dr. Pliny, I was diagnosed with preeclampsia at 32 weeks. My blood pressures have been controlled with labetalol 200 milligrams twice a day. My OBGYN and MFM recommended delivery at 37 weeks at the time I was diagnosed. However, since I have been well controlled and don't have any symptoms, is it okay for me to deliver later? I'd like to go into labor naturally to increase my chances of vaginal delivery. Short answer, no. Listen, I don't play with preeclampsia. I don't play with it. Um, If you've listened to the podcast enough, if you've listened to the YouTube channel, you know my why, okay? I had a cousin, um, her name was Kenyatta. She was 23, she was healthy, she was thin. She had no medical problems. She went to the hospital. She ended up uh, being diagnosed with pneumonia. She was sent home despite her having mild range blood pressures. She seized and she went back to the hospital. She was brought back to the hospital by EMS And then she was uh, admitted to the ICU. She sees again. She developed aspiration pneumonia and she died. She had had an eclamptic seizure, okay? Eclampsia, pre-eclampsia means before eclampsia, okay? There is no reason somebody that's healthy at age 23 should die. No reason, except for people assuming, oh yeah, she'll be okay. She's young and she's healthy. Surely she'd be okay. Okay. If somebody is recommending that you deliver at 37 weeks and they know you have preeclampsia, if they let you go past 37 weeks, that's, that's medical legally wrong. Do not make your physician put their license on the line. Don't do it. And you know that there are people that give OBGYNs like literally bad recommendations online because they get upset because they had to be induced and end up with a C-section because they had preeclampsia and they don't see why they needed to be delivered. I mean, y'all, we are trying to do the best we can. And I'm not saying anything to this writer, this person, that this listener, but I do want you to understand that preeclampsia, although you may not feel anything, although your blood pressures are controlled on labetalol, you still are sick. And 
even you staying pregnant, because back in the day, you got preeclampsia, you got delivered, right? Then all these studies said, maybe we can keep these um, these women safe, um, safely pregnant as long as they don't have any symptoms, but we got to see them twice a week, right? And so you're being watched like a hawk to get you further into pregnancy, right? And now you want to go past 37 weeks? Absolutely not, right? It's already a gamble to get you there. Most some OBGYNs would keep even people without severe features in the hospital because we don't know if you're going to develop severe features. So, no, preeclampsia is one of those things. Like even 37 and one, we don't want you to live in a 37 and one. We want you in the hospital at 37 weeks. Like other people that are scheduled to be induced at 37 weeks, if we have somebody that's preeclamptic and they're like, oh, the schedule is full, I'm like, Mm-mm, you need to move somebody else off the schedule. That's why people people are like, oh my God, I can't believe my induction got scheduled, rescheduled. Or I went in for my induction and I got sent home. You got sent home because you got bumped by somebody who got preeclampsia. That's how serious preeclampsia is. From a medical legal standpoint, it's a serious thing. So I love you, listener. I love you. But no, you need to be delivered at 37 weeks. And your 37-week baby will do fantastic. Okay. And if you develop symptoms... You also need to make sure your OBGYN knows. This is not the time to be like, um, I don't want to be delivered, so I'm not going to tell, right? Like, if you feel anything, you feel weird, we need to know you feel weird, okay? Because preeclampsia is serious. So, please, please. But no, 37 weeks is your goal. Any other questions? My medical intern is shaking her head. No. All right. I know I'm like, on one. I'm like, this is why y'all need to be delivered early. Don't give us no crap. Ooh, all right, y'all y'all dealt with me all episodes. So thank y'all so much for dealing with me. And thanks so much for listening to Pregnancy Pros Podcast. I hope that this episode has helped you realize uh, who automatically needs to be delivered early. Do me a favor and pass this episode along to all of your friends and your family who are pregnant because I want them to hear this information as well. If you've been listening, you know that I'm a co-author so you can get the book via my link tree on all of my social media platforms. If you or someone you know has been uh, has had a pregnancy complication or a unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypros at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. Also make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash pregnancy pearls with Dr. Plenty for more quick talks about pregnancy complications. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.